Good to worship with you, church. Glad to uh, continue our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. If you're new with us this morning, we've been going through Galatians chapter 5 and looking at the different uh, components of the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, this is what it says in uh, Galatians 5. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, uh, forbearance, or also known as peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires and since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit so every week we've been looking at the different parts of the fruit of the spirit and one of the things that i want you guys to just recognize as we've been going through this is that every single one of these parts of the fruit of the spirit are relational it's tied to relationship it's tied to relationship with god and it's tied to relationship with others and so the real truth is, is that when it comes to looking at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is a barometer of how well we do relationship with each other. So as we look at our relationships, there may be things that you look at this and you go, man, well, I do well in this area, but in this area, not so much. And so today we're going to be talking about patience, forbearance, which none of us struggle with. So let's just head home, right? Sound good, right? No? Uh, patience is one of those that is uh, challenging, um, maybe in different relational ways, in different relational spheres, but I think for all of us this morning, we're going to take a look and, and realize that um, we're called to be a patient people. But why are we called to be a patient people? The, the word for patience in the Greek is makrothomia, and it's this idea of patience, endurance, constancy, steadfast, perseverance, Forbearance, like we read, long-suffering, slowness in avenging wrongs. In the Hebrew, it's Eric Apayam, and it's translated long nose, long of nose. I'm saying, why is that? That's a weird translation. It's why I love Hebrew, because Hebrew oftentimes not only is a word, but there's images that are attached to the word. And we get that from... Genesis chapter 39 this idea of a long nose um, it's actually tied to this idea of becoming angry long of nose angry slow to become angry angry some of us you know what I'm talking about because when you get angry you feel intense heat on your face right you feel it and you feel it maybe on your nose or your face for me when I get anger, angry, it starts in my stomach and it moves into my chest, shoulders. Anybody else relate to this, right? There's parts of our body when we become angry, become hot, become red. And that's what we see in Genesis chapter 39 when it talks about this idea of Potiphar becoming angry in the midst of a situation when it, when it comes to his wife. And it says, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. It's translated, his nose turned hot. Okay? So Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11 talks about this. Good sense makes one slow to anger, slow to allowing your nose to become hot, long of nose. Does that make sense? It's a long, another way we put it in our, our English is, do you have a short fuse or a long fuse? Right? Do you have a short fuse or a long fuse? Slow to anger it is to his glory to overlook an offense. And so how is God described in regards to patience? Well, Exodus chapter 34, 5 through 6. 
The Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God is, what's it say up there? Is what? Is slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. The writer in Psalm 103 says this about God. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love he will not always accuse nor will be nor will he harbor his anger forever he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities so this idea of of being slow to anger long of nose god is described as patient long-suffering and a long-nosed god that's what the scriptures describe him as Slow to become angry, slow to become hot, slow to um, respond in anger. Does God get angry? Well, yes, he does get angry. We see through the scriptures, he struggles at times with his children, his, his humanity that he's created, he becomes angry. But God's anger, when he is angry, is calculated and it's rooted in his love and justice for the good of his children and creation. It's not a, an anger that is um, um, just out of control, not just responsive out of every whim, but it's calculated and it's rooted in his desire for his children to understand how much he loves them and cares for them. God is slow to anger and patient with us, even though we are the ones that's often causing the brokenness that we experience in the world, right? Right? Just this last, or yesterday, I was driving down the road, I-84, and I don't know uh, if you guys have recognized, road rage is going up in the Treasure Valley. And I watched a dually literally ride both lanes of the freeway going 80 miles an hour. I'm like, what is this man doing? Well, then there's a little, I don't know what it was, a Mazda Miata or something weaving in and out of traffic, and the dually thought it was his responsibility to keep him from passing him. And I'm watching road rage take place. I'm trying to focus what's going on ahead of me, but I'm also watching behind me. And then it dawned on me, I should get out of this situation. I have children in the car. I moved over to the side, but angry, full of rage, road rage. And we're the ones that contribute to the brokenness that we experience on earth because of the sin that we cause. And yet God is patient with us. God is really patient with us. Paul describes this in Romans chapter two. Romans chapter one, he talks about all the sins of the world, all the sins that take place. And then he says this in Romans chapter two, you may think you can condemn such people, all these sinful acts, but you are just as bad, he says. You have no excuse. When you say they are wicked, you should be punished. You are condemning yourself, for you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God, in his justice, will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? And then Paul says this. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? How do you read these words? How does that hit you? 
when you read these words, what, what goes on inside of you? Is it a voice that says, I'm not like that? Or do you hear these words and you go, I am like that? I cast stone to others when in all reality, I'm just as guilty as them. Do you listen to these words with humility? Or do you hear these words and say, I'm not like that? I had a conversation this last week with uh, my son. And uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, but um, kids get upset about the smallest things. They fight with their brothers and sisters about the smallest things. And they respond with no patience. So I brought my son in as they were yelling and screaming at each other from the living room. Had to do with like the Nintendo Switch or something. I don't know what it was, right? And I just remember hearing him being so sharp and impatient with his sister. And so I brought my oldest son in and I said, I'm going to understand, like, why are you so sharp, upset, impatient with your sister? And he talked about not taking turns or something. And I just said, I said, hey, I know your sister's learning how to play Fortnite and she's wanting to play and she's wanting to learn all these things. But let me ask you this question. How big of a deal is this three hours from now? How big a deal of this three days from now? How big a deal is this 30 years from now? He sat back and he reflected. Not very big deal. I go, yep. I know your, your sister is annoying you and frustrating you, but let me ask you this question. How often have you messed up in life? And how patient has God been with you? Really patient? What would it look like for you to show some patience to your sister? What would it look like for you to walk beside your sister in the midst of this little tiny thing that seems like a big thing to you? And as he left, I sat there and I reflected. And I was like, yeah, I do the same thing. I get really spun out about really little things that in the large scale of things isn't really that big of a deal. And God is surely patient with me. Surely patient with me. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says this, Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense, what's that word? Immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life jesus has shown extreme patience and jesus patience is rooted in his nature in god's nature nature the father's nature and he invites us to then show that to the rest of the world he invites us to mirror the image of god that he is made in and that we're made in to show the world what god is actually like that if god is patient with me i'm called to be patient with others. Ephesians 4, Paul says, As a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the union of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We're called to be a people 
then understand that God has been patient with me, continues to be patient with me, and therefore I will be patient with others for the sake of Jesus, his name, and his glory. And that's how it works in Jesus' kingdom. And I know the world doesn't operate that way. The world does not operate this way. But we would be willing to have eyes and to see what God sees. Invite us in to be a people that are long-suffering, slow to anger, patient. Now, I know that for some of you, the reality of this idea that God is patient with you is actually a really hard thing to actually get a hold of. And the reason for that is because the reality is, is, is that not only is God patient with us, but we have to also recognize that there is an enemy that is, that is always telling us the opposite of what God is like. We have an enemy that says that God is not patient. We have an enemy that says that God is disappointed in you. We have an enemy that says that God can't be happy with you. We have an enemy that says you're never going to measure up. We have an enemy that says over and over and over again that God really isn't out for your good and loves you. And for some of you in this room, you've actually experienced extreme trauma, extreme brokenness because of sin that's been committed against you or committed to your family members. And here's what I know about sin. This is what I know about brokenness. This is what I know about shame. And the enemy loves to play this card when we begin to learn that God is patient. The enemy comes in and says, God's not patient. Why can't you just hurry up why can't you just grow faster why can't you just heal god's not going to keep loving you and walking beside you patiently why can't you get over this what's wrong with you have you ever heard this inner dialogue before god is patient God is patient. And if God is patient with you, he's asking you to be patient with yourself. That it's okay to be patient in the midst of learning. It's okay to be patient in the midst of healing. It's okay to be patient in the midst of growing. That God is a God who walks beside us as we take steps of trusting him. Colossians chapter one, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Paul says, we continue to ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. You notice that word knowledge of God, knowledge of God, knowledge of God, it keeps popping up being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Growing in the knowledge of God which then results in you being patient and having endurance. So for some of you this morning you need to hear that Jesus is patient with you you also need to recognize that you are called to be patient with yourself as you continue to walk with Jesus, trusting in him and growing in the knowledge of God. And you're called to actually be patient with others. 
And Jesus talks about this in the Gospels. He says, ultimately, that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You could take all the fruit of the Spirit and do the same exact thing. Or we're supposed to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Joy to the Lord, joy to others, Bring joy to yourself. You cannot give somebody something that you have not received for yourself. This includes patience. Patience, with, patience and understanding that God is patient with you, patient with yourself, and patience to others. So let me ask you this question. Are you long-nosed? Are you long-nosed? Are you patient? Do you have a long fuse or a short fuse? Do you want to get what you want in situations or do you think about others first? I just want to ask you a couple questions. When driving behind a slow person, how do you respond? Pass them. <laughs> so there's three options, Kevin. Three options. Do you tailgate? Switch lanes and speed like a hot-nosed fool? Do you, do you tempt to get around the person, but do it passive-aggressively? Guilty. Do you stay behind them? Pray for patience. And choose not to villainize them. When you're waiting for important results from the doctor... Do you check constantly on your phone or email and sigh in disgust every time you don't get clarity and just feed the anxiety? You know the sigh, right? <sighs> yes. Or do you wait until you receive a notification that your results are ready? Patience. When it comes to helping older people with technology... You can't wait to show them. You can't walk beside them, so you snatch from their hands and just do it yourself. You don't want to help, so you don't do anything. Or are you willing to help and show them step by step by step multiple times? How to show my grandma how to use FaceTime during COVID. Patience. When it comes to people in home group who don't have a lot of self-awareness, do you write them off right away? Do you become increasingly agitated and allow it to build? And then talk about it all the way home in the car? Or do you patiently try and discover their story and learn how God has made them and maybe, maybe you would learn why they struggle with self-awareness? When talking with your kids, do you respond in annoyance when they ask a lot of questions? Do their messes annoy you to no end and are you sharp and quick to lash out on the smallest of topics and situations? 
How do you respond in their long stories that don't make any sense at all? Why did you tell me that story? I don't know. Do you show them over and over again how to tie their shoes with patience and love? My little Theo, who is six, still doesn't tie his shoes. (laughs) Do you correct them calmly over and over and over again before you respond with sharpness? Here's what I know. When you show patience to people, Oftentimes, as you mirror God's patience to others, they respond back in patience. Have you ever experienced that? This is something we've got to get better at in the Jordan household, and we're working on it. And this last week, I watched my wife, as all those different things were happening in the chaotic Jordan household, I watched her become more and more agitated from across the room, And then I watched her take a big, deep breath. I don't know if she did this, but I think she might have said a little prayer. Lord, help me to be patient. And I watched her respond to patience towards our daughter, Alice, who as my wife was starting to get agitated, she was starting to get agitated. And I watched my wife take a deep breath, say a little prayer, I'm guessing, respond in patience, and guess what my daughter did? Responded in patience back. And it's this reality that Jesus is calling us into to remind ourselves over and over and over again that God is patient with me. He loves me, and there I'm called to be patient with others. And when we walk that way, it changes our homes. It changes where we work. It changes the sports teams that we participate in with our kids and with parents. And we actually begin to show the world what God's like. That even though we are broken, even though we are sinners, even though we, we mess up continually, God continues to be patient with us. If he's patient with us, we can be patient with others. What if we patiently walk beside people? What if we walked beside people the way Jesus walks beside us? How would our world be different? How would our homes be different? As we wrap up this morning, I got the similar questions from last week when it comes to peace. And that is really this, as we get ready to come to communion, is is really, do you see God as patient with you? And how does that change the trajectory of your walk with him? Are you listening to the enemy that tells you over and over again that God isn't patient? Or are you going to start listening to the truth of the knowledge of God, that God is a long-nosed God who is not quick to anger. He is slow to anger. I want you to think about this. Like, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, like, we messed it up right in the beginning of the story. And God could have just said, I'm done with it all. But we're still here. <laughs> Why? Because he is slow to anger, slow to come, because he wants all to be saved. That's what the scripture says. So God is patient with you. So would you learn how to show patience to yourself? Are you patient 
with yourself? And are you patient with others? And for some of you this morning, the idea that God is patient with you, that Jesus is patient with you, that he loves you and that he died for you, that is a new concept for some of you this morning. And for some of you, you've been trying to figure out what leads to life. And and the reality is there's only one person that leads to life, and it's Jesus. And for those of you that are ready, as we get ready to go to communion this morning, some of you need to have a conversation with Jesus today about whether or not he's Lord of your life. The Bible says that wide is the path that leads to destruction, narrow is the path that leads to life, and there's very few that find it. But some of you are ready to find the Lordship of Jesus today. And if that's the case, would you have a conversation with him today? A surrender conversation. Where you decide, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna surrender to the Lordship of Jesus and I'm gonna allow him to come into my life recognizing that I'm a sinner. And he's been patient with me. I want to receive his love, forgiveness, his patience into my life. We're getting ready to go to the table this morning. If you didn't receive communion when you came in, you would like to take communion, just raise your hand. These amazing ladies are going to be sure to give you communion. I want to invite you just to bow your heads and to reflect on this conversation this morning. Let's pray.